Sing Glory! Today we're sitting down with Lauren Popish, fellow podcaster and founder of The Wave, a podcasting studio that is catering towards your every podcasting need. So, I'd say, for most of us, it's been around a month in which our earthly foundations have just been shaken to their core. Lauren being no exception. Trading the East Coast for the West right before this all went down, she'd only just launched the wave in what seemed the most kismet of moments, given that her day job for a real estate company that she worked under as product manager just laid her off. So we go from moving across the country to losing the stability of being employed to basically having to pivot big time with this new podcasting studio because, I still can't believe I'm saying this, we're in a pandemic. After having adjusted the pod scheduling a bit, Lauren's the first guest that I'm interview- interviewing during, the- during this time. It's perhaps more of a reactive episode in that we're all just coping day by day, hour by hour, sustaining this emotional roller coaster. We're all going through calls for presence, meaningful movement, intentional consumption, but most importantly, connection at a safe distance, or through Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, what have you, your preferred medium of just reaching out to your people, being able to see your loved ones. And yeah, why not brew a little something up, breathe a little deeper. I feel like all I've been doing lately is telling people to breathe and tap into someone who's feeling out her days and getting reacquainted with her voice. Realizing that small can be good, cozy is something deserved, and that any wave, big or small, is still a wave. This is episode 37, I'm the Wave, with Lauren Popish. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from California and Amsterdam, the Netherlands. I've actually been thinking about that recently, and I tried to return to my things that I thought were truths about myself from childhood because we change so much and so many things alter us as we get older. I've been trying to kind of return to that that young state, and I actually have this interesting way to look back on, on myself, which is that when I turned 18 and I was kind of going through my graduation and 18th birthday, becoming an adult, my mother gave me a gift of uh, a box filled with letters that she had written me every single year from, you know, before the age of one, every year until I was 18. And so I, I actually returned to those letters a lot to try and like learn about myself as a as a child, I think uh, what I find is that I had a very naturally exuberant and extroverted personality. Um, always a bit of a performer, I guess. Um, the what brought me, you know, the most joy as a as a child was kind of creating some kind of you know play or dance routine or something like that and kind of showing it off, uh, performing it for friends and family. I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I was also a very anxious child. So, you know, pretty, when I got to about the age of, what would it be? What would second grade be? Um, 
like seven maybe, um, really starting to develop like diagnosably anxious uh, tendencies around uh, of what other people thought, um, mostly around like performance and um, never wanting to get in trouble. So about achievement and kind of um, goodness and behavior, things like that. Um, and I think about that a lot now because I've recently, how that's kind of changed or evolved as I've gotten into adulthood, you know, I continue that streak of loving to speak and loving to be extroverted and perform. And I was in musical theater and then went through this period of really, um, being very fearful of public speaking. So kind of almost reversing so severely the other way that, you know, I'm almost have a phobia of public speaking. Now it just, um, really kind of reversed. And so I'm, I'm trying hard. It's like a, one of my personal little struggles and journeys to go back, try and remember the joy that I took from this act of kind of sharing and speaking and trying to really strongly over, overcome what is now a fear of, of public speaking and, and also managing my anxiety and the, at the same time, which I think they're all very connected, um, fear related to how people perceive you when you are vulnerable and decide to share and, and, uh, put yourself out there. That journey of overcoming that speaking fear has, is actually the primary motivator for starting my podcasting company to help women kind of find their voice in a safe environment like a podcast studio do you know maybe what triggered that turning point and caused you to retract in that way yeah I it was a very specific like triggering event I I uh, had a big work presentation uh, but it was very routine you know I had done it many many times um I was in Charleston, South Carolina, I had been on a big sales tour. So I was going all over the Southeast on flights, you know, three or four times a week, going to these different locations to, you know, sell and, and share and educate people, train people. And I had a, at the time, I didn't know, but I was kind of in the early, like, hibernate stages of mono, having mono from being, you know, just must have contracted it through traveling so, so much. Yeah. And, um, and in the middle of a presentation, kind of hyperventilated a little bit, like was speaking too quickly, wasn't making full breaths and kind of just ran out of air. But it wasn't that necessarily. It was like the triggering of my mind for the first time realizing holy crap, like, I could fail at this thing that I had really never tried hard. It had come so naturally. It was something that I had never developed, really, uh, or felt like I had developed, like, my ability to speak or public speak. And um, it just hit me like a ton of bricks in that moment, um, the idea that 
failure was this, a possibility. Yes, yeah, that speaking could really be a vulnerable and terrifying experience. And I had to, I mean, I was so overcome. I, I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I, I had to exit the, the meeting and was fairly traumatized afterwards. I had to leave my role in sales. Um, that was three years ago. I'm still, you know, it was like a, a switch really. I went from being this thing I loved, felt like was one of my best skills to something that I'm really, you know, having to start at the very beginning of gaining confidence around. Do you almost feel like it was kind of, say, maybe a tap on the shoulder in a way to speak to the broader sense of how you were living your life? Because I'm hearing your, you know, four to five flights a week and going to all of these events. And it was like it came in the form of this, but was also, hey, maybe slow down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And also, not just that lifestyle, but the mentality of being someone who believes they have something to say, not because you developed your point of view on what to say, but just because you're fearless about talking. There's a really a difference there. And I think this experience has, has put me back at the beginning to, to really think, what what's worth sharing? What yeah. is worth raising your hand and your voice about? How do you use your voice as more than a way to make people force them to pay attention to you? How do you how do you share something in a way that brings people along on a journey so that they want to listen to you? And you know, when you I found that when I look back and now the way I prepare for speaking opportunities, the extents I go to, the practice, really I was operating in a way that my what I was sharing and the way I was sharing it was unrehearsed, it was ill-prepared, it was egocentric, and really it, it had no one else in mind but you know me as the performer of my own little personal play. Um, and I, I don't mean to be so harsh, but, but really it was a bit of, there was quite a bit of ego involved in that confidence and, and probably most upsetting of all this, I was pretty critical or quick to judge others who didn't speaking, didn't come as naturally to who exhibited signs of anxiety or fear when they were speaking, even though speaking was something I had never tried or put any effort into and had no real authority to, to ever criticize or, or think poorly of someone. So yeah, going through this process is really, I think it was, I think I'm coming out on the other end, ultimately a more empathetic, better speaker and someone who's being a little more cautious of my lifestyle. Right. Um, taking care of myself and all that. Yeah, like the placement of your self-worth was in that element of your life, but then your voice was almost, say, the tool that facilitated it as well, and now you're really sharing what you see is worthy, and with that comes this sense of retaking that self-worth. Exactly, exactly. And and earning it, 
a little bit. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Finding, finding genuine confidence through hard work and uh, challenging yourself and overcoming fear, all of those things generate real, genuine confidence as opposed to, you know, false uh, self, self-elected confidence that just comes from, you know, something you, you never worked hard at. Uh, so yeah, the, the difference of how I feel after doing a presentation that was really hard for me, very nerve wracking, you know, the, the elation I feel is just of, of a different, different level. Yeah. That actually reminds me of a quote, turning to that person <laughs> that I think is by Brittany Packnett, and she wrote, confidence needs permission to exist, and community is the safest place to try it on. Mm, I agree. I agree. I love that. Well, I mean, you are my first my first interview for the, the podcast during this, uh, this current climate. Um, oh, my goodness. I feel like we've all had to you know, readjust, reschedule, everything is just, you know, calendars aren't exactly a thing right now. I think people are maybe, maybe just trying to get back to it, but yeah, um, before. Time is not a concept right now. I mean, definitely not. (laughs) It is really moving in a way that I have no idea what day it is, what time it is. It's just very, uh, yeah, very back to basics. Yeah, and now you're kind of been thrown to the deep end. So from <laughs> what I understand, since we last talk, is that your podcasting studio, The Wave, which opened on February 26th? Yeah. It was also, that was the same day that the real estate company you worked for, it laid off the New York branch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh I, had, I had found... I had found out a couple days prior, uh, but that was the day that, um, yeah, just a few days later, I, I had planned the launch of, of my company, which was really a side hustle, right? Something we're doing in our uh, free time and something that we're passionate about, but not necessarily the thing paying the bills. The thing that was paying the bills is this real estate company that I worked for and, and and loved working for for a long time. I mean, real estate sounds bad, but I think it just has a poor reputation generally. Um, but I but I worked in the tech division and and was part of a group that was acquired by this company uh, three years ago. And so they they laid off the team that they had acquired. They basically couldn't find the use for us that they had originally anticipated and and let us go but the timing felt I mean to your point like really too too obvious yeah yeah um so so I just really you know jumped in with both feet and said this is the this is the sign I've been looking for to to pursue this for real um so, so we launched, and, and in that moment, I also kind of launched myself uh, into being an entrepreneur and a founder, as opposed to someone who is kind of just had a hobby, I guess. I don't know what's more appropriate right now than truly tapping into your gut. I mean, anything that really ever held any standing in the world has kind of flown out the window. Like, we look at the economy, the stock markets, 
yeah. outside our own window, like, you know, the person standing two meters away from you. Hopefully you're inside, though. Um, yeah. And I kind of already feel like this, this, I don't know, like, this virus, it was already happening, in a sense, around us. We never really truly saw it, though, until it started affecting us and, you know, what we deem important, like the stock market. It's like right. na- nature. I mean, I could get love criticism for saying something like this, but it was just, it's been happening in nature. All It was already there. Um, and now it's just telling us to just stop our perceived form of common sense and logical way of thinking, which I think personally goes here in the first place. I'd really like to know what your gut is really saying right now, like, just in this moment. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really, as I kind of said earlier, my gut is saying back to basics a little bit. What I'm finding so natural about this experience, when everything feels quite unnatural, is the return to smallness and return to these what I'm what I'll kind of coin as like micro communities or um sub communities basically away moving away from urbanization the the structure that we built for us to really be on top of each other in every aspect of our lives crammed into the this room to the maximum to go to the gym uh you know, traffic, the grocery store, you know, just this efficiency that we've created through urbanization and really a return to like the homestead and these small communities. Um, Something that for me, and I I know this is, it really depends on where you live. And so I can't, I can't claim this as like a, something that everybody can expect, but I have had, I've, I've, developed a newfound relationship with my neighbors, the people who live, you know, in, in direct, immediate contact with me through just these like small acts of generosity and kindness and really, uh, taking care of each other, sharing extra groceries and things that, you know, they, they get from the store in a safe way where they're just kind of leaving it on your doorstep with a note or people who are taking, you know, I have a neighbor who is using her time at home to create and make and, you know, making these kind of at-home scrubs and uh, lotions and dropping these off to, to people around the neighborhood. And all I can really think is how there was this time in our civilization when people only, con- you know, came in contact with maybe 50 people, you know, there's some science around the, the fact that the human brain can really only hold 50 intimate relationships with people at one time and how there's kind of a magic number around that and how that, you know, that circle has shrunk for me. And in some ways I'm feeling a little bit more at home in the smallness and the you know, removal from from urban life and something that's slightly more homebound and um, less achieving, like less industrious and uh, a little bit more nurturing, a little bit more cozy. Um, I, 
you know, it feels like a nice, gentle rem- Well, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it's a gentle reminder. I would say it's a pretty harsh, um, harsh uh, way to have to to come to that conclusion or come to that lifestyle. But um, that's kind of where my gut is. Like small is good. Small, like at homeness, is just appreciating these these small small things that you do every day taking appreciating the fact that you're making your coffee and your meals and um all of those things and really I know a lot of people are trying to use this moment to create and um connect with people online especially I I really see that a little bit more as noise and I'm trying to be cautious of not competing for other people's time um, with the things that I create or I'm trying to put out into the world. I'm really trying to be cautious about like, does that need to, do I need to interrupt people's day with that? Um, And I'm trying to be really thoughtful about that. But that's, that's where my gut is, is like, you know, the fact that there's all these positive benefits around pollution and, uh, uh, you know, global warming type things that are being reduced by our lack of, by moving away from just on being on top of each other and being a little bit more micro and then the earth is flourishing. Like, I don't know. There's something interesting to me there. Um, That's just where my gut is. Yeah. I love how you say being on top of each other and it's more so we've come to a place where, yes, a very harsh wake-up call, but being amongst each other and in a very intentional sense. Yeah. And it's true, like, in the midst of our absence, the earth is definitely healing itself. Yeah. Um, Healing itself. I mean, it's just remarkable. Yeah, and I think that it totally stands true to the point that in referencing biomimicry... It's we have had to scale back and realize that slowly we are nature itself too, and uh-huh. we have kind of got to a point where, yeah, like you said, we're on top of each other, and you know uh-huh. we're like running before we're walking, and it's like always more and more and more, and now it's like okay, we have got to walk again, maybe crawl again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the efficiency that we've made for ourselves, you know, um, to just be more, you know, more economical, faster, more efficient, more time saving, more cost saving by these structures that just put people in absurd positions. You know, how many people can you fit into an apartment building? How small can you make those apartment units? Um, that, that kind of almost like just the optimization of the world. Uh, yeah, I, I am appreciating the fact that that is being revealed for what it is a little bit. Yeah. And just honestly seeing like our neighbors again. Yes. I'm, I'm loving that. I mean, at a safe distance, of course. Yes. Yes. Really just enjoying like, you know, everybody's at home and everybody's trying to take care of each other and themselves. And, you know, that generosity is just expanding out to, to the 
small, small communities that, that you can impact, um, your family, your, your neighbors, your friends. I, I'm enjoying that small aspect, yeah. um, small silver lining. How are you, say, integrating that into your day-to-day life? Well, I am attempting to think a lot. I kind of hinted at this, but I, I'm taking a lot more time to think about what is necessary. Um, and when you're in the position, I think so many people are, probably people listening to your podcast and you, where your entire livelihood is on generating for people, right? Creating, being a kind of producer of some kind. Um, It is because we're limited in where we can go and how we can exist. It's also making me think about what is worthwhile to create, to make, what should be out into the world. How is it more high quality? How is it more worthy of people's time right now because we are all now having a a time and attention situation where people really need to be thinking focusing on themselves there's there's kind of dire more critical ways that people should be spending their attention energy and so what do we how do we put out something into the world that it is extremely generous extremely valuable um empathetic um and not and not you know just trying to capitalize on the fact that there's a lot of eyes on instagram right now uh it's tempting i'll tell you as as someone who is now responsible for my own income you know it is tempting to just be in that world but um you know in the same way that my neighbor is thinking about what can i do for you know how can i how can i make one act of kindness or or be conscious or be caring towards my neighbor by giving them that extra bag of coffee that came in my grocery order i am also trying to think about how do i actually provide something that is valuable and generous to to a wider community through my online work and and what that's meant is I I really haven't been involved much I mean I've been kind of quiet on online and on social because I'm I'm trying to craft that I'm trying to think deeply about that um and I I don't think I've quite figured it out yet but that's I I do see that being reflected that kind of in-person taking care of our neighbors mentality to, to what I'm trying to bring to a, my wider online community or my work and my business. Yeah. Because you're having to completely adapt the, you know, the actual physical studio to this hopefully temporary way of life. (laughs) But I think it's also what you're bringing to the people and what they, I, I don't think that I don't think that people are going to be entertained for much longer with the fluff that we used to kind of go to. Yeah. They're really going to see what okay, what's important. Um, you know, Netflix just isn't going to do it for me all the time anymore. <laughs> um, but also, what's important to you, Lauren, and what you want to put out there, and what you yourself, as a part of the community would want to see. Yeah. 
I, I totally agree. I kind of want to know how you see your life taking shape from here on out, just like on a very <laughs> immediate, I know this is a very broad question. <laughs> um, Do you hear my, my strong? <laughs> yeah. <email? laughs> um, but not just, not just of like regards to work, just, you know, I think of seeing the it, an ecosystem, it's uh, comprised of more than just a singular facet. We're going to realize yeah. that work isn't everything. So maybe even just take us through the design of like your day. How do you want your days yes. to look like without thinking about the logistics of it? Just, I want an auditory pin board. Mm. I love the way you phrase that. Um, I think so much about daily routines. Why? Because I think that actually doing one thing, small thing, every single day is harder than doing, you know, working out for three hours, you know, at the end of the week and doing it all at once. I think it's harder to be consistent and be the same person day after day. And I, I, that difficulty has led me to just like an obsession with mastery and thinking about like, how do you really become good at something over time? Um, you know, 15 minutes a day added up over an entire year is this kind of unfathomable amount of time dedicated to something, but somehow we can't, we can't get those 15 minutes. So, um, I, when I think about like going forward, that daily routine, that, that structure that I built for myself and try and implement every single day and wake up and do it again, um, is kind of critical to maintain all of the good things that I want and that I've kind of come to appreciate during this period. So that includes things like physical health, right? Um, taking time to move my body, uh, not sit behind a computer or um, some kind of technology device indefinitely, just be active in a really intentional way, um, either walking around or doing some kind of workout class, like doing that every day, preferably at the same time every day. Um, nourishing myself, so, you know, that's that's hand in hand with, um, with physical health as well. So actually putting the time in to feed myself in a way that is going to nourish me. Um, fruits and vegetables, uh, you know, my, all, all the things that are good for you, um, all the extra little efforts to squeeze your, your lemon on top so that you're getting your citrus, like whatever it is. Um, and then actually taking the time to eat that food, not at my computer, not rushed, not, you know, 10 minutes times, like actually sitting down, nourishing myself in it, the amount of time that it needs to be nourished and doing that like literally three times a day. That's, that's, um, that's a, that alone is, is a massive commitment, at least for me. Um, taking care of my mental health, uh, meditating, journaling, um, doing the things that, that help me clear my mind. And those are hand in hand with physical health as well. Um, and then, um, 
a part of my day is dedicated or I want to be dedicated to giving. So sharing, um, and, and really around this mission, you know, I've, I've decided that my personal mission is around helping women put their voices out into the world, become more comfortable with their voices, love their voices, and realize that they should be telling their own story, their own unique perspective with their own authentic voice. Like that is what I've kind of dedicated myself to. And I want to kind of continue down that, that path. So that, that just means helping women gain confidence through whatever means, um, whatever means I have, whether it's coaching or, uh, creating great content, um, uh, you know, sharing, being vulnerable in the same way by recording myself and putting out my podcast and, and kind of, uh, practicing what I preach. Um, so that kind of like giving, uh, and then also like a learning aspect, right? Like consuming. Um, I always think about life is like, especially around the work about you produce a certain amount and you consume a certain amount. And my belief is you should be producing slightly more than you're consuming. But if we're not learning to be better, if we're not sharing in our own community members, like what they've generated, then, then we're not, um, we're not staying aware, but being really intentional about what we consume. So, um, not getting lost, not wasting time through consumption, but being really intentional about, I, I want to improve my skills here. I want to support this person there. Um, and, and doing it that way. And then also, you know, I live with my boyfriend and relationships. I'm telling you, they take, they take intentional work. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it does take us moving away from our work, coming together, you know, we've got a puzzle going right now. <laughs> That's how we're kind of um, spending time together. Love it. Uh, in a non-distracted way, right? Like we're just focused on this puzzle and being together. Um, and that is, um, that has just been like a newfound joy for me. Like, you know, learning to be better partners to each other because we're confined to the same space. Um yeah, so that's that's how I'm thinking about my my day. Um, there's a lot to it, but but also it's so basic, right? Yeah, like it's give a little, take a little, eat, sleep, be healthy. Like there, it's nothing really absurd. It's just it's just everything with intention, right? I guess that's the unique the yeah. unique part. Yeah, it's almost as if this time period is a teacher that's as you said, going right back to basics and people are just learning how to feed themselves again, how to sleep (laughs) again, how to be there for one another, um, how to just genuinely connect mutual responsibility, but also cut a lot of the fluff, the bullshit out of our lives we do not need. And what do you want to do with your time? Yeah. Yeah. So, it is the most precious thing. Yep. Now that you've given voice to this, did you start today in a manner that would support this? <laughs> I did um, thus far. So I um, every day I, I get up and make my bed and I like 
set the house to be lived in. So I like clean it up a little bit um, to my boyfriend. He just thinks I, I have a bit of a cleaning issue and perhaps I do, but the, the intention behind it is I want to set this for the day I want to have. You want to set the stage. uh, Oh yes, exactly. I'm trying to, I'm trying to create an environment that makes me, that fosters my ability to do all those things. Um, so I did, you know, cleaned it up a little bit, made my bed. And then I did some stretching because I didn't have time to do a full workout. I will, I'm going to do it. I promise myself that. (laughs) And I did my little Palo Santo cleansing, got my tea with my ginger in it and took some time to really just like mentally prepare for this conversation. Um, still fairly early in Los Angeles, but really just think about what I want to share and talk to you about. Um, yeah. So I would say thus far it's 9 AM. I think I've, I think I'm on the path. I think I'm still on the wagon. Yeah. I think you are. You know what? I think if the boyfriend, uh, if he realized that the bed wasn't made or the mess started piling up, I don't think his mental state would be faring so well either. I know, I know it. I should do it just so he he can see it. But I'm trying not to be spiteful that way. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes our, the men in our lives need a little reminder about all the good things we, we bring to them. Oh yeah. And I know that your mission is to give voice to women, and right now. I feel that there's a definite gap between those of us who are taking the time to really look at like what we want to do and have the privilege to do that. But then there's also also so many communities out there that are barely scraping by. Um, and so I'd love to know if you have any small businesses within your own neighborhood that you didn't know existed before that you might have been surprised by and or other women you'd love to give voice to right now or small businesses anyone that could just use a little shout out so one person you know what maybe this isn't someone to shout out I don't know um someone that you've had on your podcast who I admire so much and I think this is how we found each other is Puno uh the founder of I Love Creatives love Puno Oh, she is the friggin' best. Um, she has been very active right now. Oh, she's on it. Um, she is really on it, and I'm loving every minute of it. Um, and she's providing a lot of free resources and trying to help people, you know, come together a little bit more during this time. I participated in one of her, she calls it super productive time. Yes. <laughs> I've done a couple of those where, you know, you just sit down for two hours and get work done with a community of people you don't know, but who are also, you know, working from home and um, you're sharing in that. I, I think that's awesome. You know, it's not necessarily that she needs more support, but I think she is an example of someone who is doing the work that I admire. Um, I just appreciate the places that are still letting me pick up coffee, you know, thank God for you. Um, (laughs) caffeine, 
and just getting out of the house, but like, you know, creating a mechanism where you can pick it up in a way where you're not actually coming in contact with anyone and having folks like wake up every day and still go into a coffee shop and and decide that's how they're going to help their community today. Like, God bless you. Like, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have a, are there cafes still open where you're at? So, so not really. Um, but there are businesses that are allowing you to kind of pick up and pick up as you're like walking by. So you can call a number, they'll make their, you know, little coffee for you and then bring it out. There's this, this coffee shop, it's literally called neighborhood. Um, and they're open from eight 30 to one 30. They're in there making, making your lattes and you can just come up, you call them on the phone, they'll, they'll serve it up for you and they'll, they'll bring it out with gloves on, set it on a table and then kind of at a safe distance, you know, you're not even really doing a handoff. Um, it's beautiful. It's great. And I also just love the story of one of your neighbors, um, who she's making the scrubs. Yes. Little frankincense, brown sugar scrub. Used it last night. It was divine. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's really sweet. My, my boyfriend and I have been like, okay, we need to sit down and decide what we want to do in it in return you know how we want to support our neighbors i'm i think we're gonna do a big soup that someone (gasps) that folks can freeze yeah i think that's what we're gonna do oh oh i love making a big lentil dal yes exactly so good just like yum hearty i mean i know we're heading to spring so it might especially over there it might be a little <laughs> warm but you know what they're saying like you gotta keep sweating the toxins out make sure you're keeping like exactly. all that all that ugh, bad juju away so i mean hey what's a little more sweat that's what i'm saying i mean it it, when you're cooped up at home it feels like soup season i don't i don't care what the temp is outside yeah Guts and Glory signing off. This is Lauren Popish. This was I'm the Wave with Lauren Popish. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or get in touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday. Thanks for lending us near. Passing on the mic.